Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. And the topic is taking care of ourselves on the job. It's okay to take care of ourselves on the job. It's not only okay, it is necessary. Taking care of ourselves on the job means we deal with feelings appropriately. We take responsibility for ourselves. We detach when detachment is called for. We set boundaries when we need to do that. We negotiate conflicts. We try to separate our issues from other person's issues, and we don't expect perfection from our others or ourselves. Um, there's so much good stuff in this opening part of the passage, but um, you know we don't accept, expect perfection from others or ourselves. I think frequently I often do this with myself and people close to me. And uh, you know, perfection perfection is an absolute illusion, particularly when code posts are changing. Um, this is something I think I know intellectually, but you know, again. Um, it's one thing to know, and I think it's another thing to practice it. And I think that's where the steps have really come in for me. Back to the reading. We let go of our need to control that which we cannot control. Instead, we strive for peace and manageability. Instead, we strive for peace and manageability. Owning our power to be who we are and to take care of ourselves. And that was another thing I'm, I'm getting in recovery is it's my job to learn how to take care of myself. Onto the reading. We do not tolerate abuse, nor do we abuse or mistreat anyone else. We work at letting go of our fear and developing appropriate confidence. God, she, I love the words, like divinely inspired. We try to learn from our mistakes, but we forgive ourselves when we make them. Yeah, I made a couple mistakes and I do a lot of great things. And I think accepting my mediocrity will, you know, as David Burns, I interviewed David Burns, who wrote uh, the book Feeling Good and um, basically the Bible on cognitive behavioral therapy. And he said, acceptance of my own mediocrity is paradoxically the greatest change that one can make. You know, um, it's, it could prevent me from releasing these podcasts. Uh, it could do a lot of things, but, uh, you know, just showing up and, you know, forgive myself when I make mistakes and not wait for other people to forgive myself. And then like, okay, I guess I can do it. Back to the reading. We try not to set ourselves up by taking jobs that couldn't possibly work out or jobs that aren't right for us. Wow. If we find ourselves in one of those circumstances, we address that issue responsibly. We figure out what our responsibilities are, and we generally stick to those unless another agreement is made. We leave room for great days and not so great days. We're gentle and loving with people whenever possible, but we are assertive and firm when that is called for. We accept our strengths and build on them. We accept our weaknesses and limitations, including the limitations of our power. We strive to stop trying to control and change what is not our business to change. We focus on what is our responsibility and what we can change. We set reasonable goals. We take ourselves into account. We strive for balance. Sometimes we give ourselves a good gripe session to let it all out. But we do that appropriately, in a way meant to take care of ourselves and release our feelings, not to sabotage ourselves. We strive to avoid malicious gossip and other self-defeating behaviors. Yes, gossip is poison. We avoid competition, strive for cooperation and a loving spirit. We understand that we may like some people we work with and dislike others, but strive to find harmony and balance with everyone. You know, just going to pause here. This is something worth reading, I think, many times a week, particularly during the workway, especially since that is such a big part of our life. Back to the reading. Or my life, I should say. I don't want to speak for anyone else. We do not deny how we feel about a certain person, but we strive to maintain a good working relationships wherever possible. Good working relationships. 
When we don't know, we say we don't know. When we need help, we ask for it directly. When panic sets in, we address the panic as a separate issue. Try not to let our work and behavior be controlled by panic. We strive to take responsible care of ourselves by appropriately asking for what we need at work while not neglecting ourselves. If we are part of a team, we strive for healthy teamwork as an opportunity to learn how to work in cooperation for others. If something gets or feels crazy, if we find ourselves working with a person who is addicted or has some kind of dysfunction that is troublesome, we do not make ourselves crazier by denying the problem. We accept it and strive in peace to figure out what we need to do to take care of ourselves. We let go of our need to be martyrs or rescuers at work. You know, it's like this overcompensation is catching up, this making, you know, it's just do the best you can in the, you know, four hours at a time, one hour at a time, one breath at a time, eight hours at a time, whatever works. We know we don't have to stay in situations that make us miserable. Really, I did not know that because miserable meant familiar. Instead of sabotaging a system or ourselves, we plan a positive solution, understanding we need to take responsibility for ourselves along the way. I love Melody Beatty. Have I ever said that before? Uh, by the way, I started reading a book on Pia Melody, um, Facing Codependence and Facing Love Addiction. Um, really good stuff. Back to the reading. We remove ourselves as victims and we work at believing we deserve the best. We practice acceptance, gratitude, and faith. One day at a time, we strive to enjoy what is good, solve the problems that are ours to solve, and give the gift of ourselves at work. Today, I will pay attention to what recovery behavior I could practice that would improve my work life. I will take care of myself on the job. God, help me let go of my need to be victimized by work. Help me be open to all good stuff that is available to me through work. You know, my religious trauma had prevented me from ever, ever asking God for help from work. And... You know, I remember early on in recovery, I thought like having God, it's like having Michael Jordan on your team and not passing to him in a game of two on two basketball. And I can ask God for help in such quote unquote trivial matters as work. The next reading is also from Melody Beatty and the topic is procrastination. Procrastination, not acting when the time is right is a self-defeating behavior. I'm going to repeat that two more times. Procrastination, not acting when the time is right, is a self-defeating behavior. Procrastination, not acting when the time is right, is a self-defeating behavior. It produces anxiety, guilt, disharmony, and a nagging consciousness of the task that life is telling us it's time to do. We're not always procrastinating when we put off doing something. Sometimes doing a thing before the time is right can be a self-defeating as waiting too long. Wow, that's so true. We can learn to discern the difference. Listen to yourself. Listen to the universe. What is past due and creating anxiety and prodding within you? Is there something in your life you're avoiding because you don't want to face it? Is there a building anxiety from putting this off? Sometimes anger, fear, or feeling helpless can motivate procrastination. Sometimes procrastination has simply become habitual. Trust and listen to yourself, your higher power, and the universe. Watch for signs and signals. If it is time to do something, do it now. If it is not yet time, wait until the time is right. God, help me learn to be on time and in harmony with my life. Help me tune in to trust, to and trust divine timing and order. I do realize that I'm finally starting to become an adult. And, and again, 
part of being an adult is doing things at the right time. And it's not about waiting for the mood or being in the right stream of mind. These are maladapted coping mechanisms from a child. And oftentimes, um, you know, good enough is good enough. Now we move to ACA strengthening my recovery and the topic is boundaries. I am more aware of how I overstep my boundaries and how I try to force things to work the way I want them to work. Big Red Book, page 414. We were vulnerable as children in dysfunctional homes. We experienced no one who was able to set healthy boundaries and maintain this was so true. Like there's just, there was just no set of boundaries. Everybody needed to know any, everything about everyone's business. There was no privacy. And yet we really didn't get to know each other because there was just a lot of, you know, in a codependence household, it's hard to get to know each other because you lose your own identity. So you don't even know who you are. Back to the reading. In ACA, we learn to see the importance of boundaries by practicing the steps and by identifying and working on our character defects. We learn to recognize boundaries that have been crossed, including when we do it to others. We feel free when we set new boundaries. Progress happens one day at a time. The ACA program also helps us recognize manipulative behaviors, which is usually a companion for those with boundary issues. If we're the manipulator, we begin to see that our attempts to change others will eventually fail. Yeah, and this is something that has happened recently, so I'm really glad to be reading this. In the meantime, they'll only complicate things. As we grow stronger, understanding boundaries places everything in perspective. And I think what is really is to clarify what the boundaries are and then respect them. To help us stay focused, we looked to step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. It allows us to inventory our thoughts and actions on a regular basis. This keeps our impulsive natures in check, so we recognize boundaries in everyday life. I love that, our impulsive natures in check. On this day, as my identity and values become more clear, I will work to become consistent in setting my own boundaries and honoring the boundaries other people set. And the final reading, wow, have these been some powerful readings today. The topic is self-sabotage. I decided the only way to overcome the self-sabotage was to integrate my critical parent into my recovery process. We tried to ignore a critical inner parent, that compilation of voices that interject we heard as children and were used to hearing in our heads. If it was too strong to ignore, we tried to fight it, but it always seemed to find a way to win. This is true. In ACA, we learned to uncover why this critic has had such a strong hold on us. By acknowledging the trauma that's behind the voices, we understand and gradually learn to substitute new behaviors so we can silence this tyrant in our heads. This gives us freedom as we bring new light into our lives in little ways. We begin to trust ourselves, others, and our higher power. We have healthier relationships as we find ourselves attracted to the strengths and depth in people who can hold our feelings safely rather than trying to shut us down. You know, the difference between, you know, just get over it, just do it. Back to the reading. We let go of the dysfunctional people. While they may have taught us the lessons we needed to learn, we know that staying is toxic. And dysfunctional, a lot of times, is emotionally unavailable, you know, addicted, codependent, you know, in a lot of ways. In doing so, we feel no shame or remorse. It is time to move on. We're open to the next adventure. It reminds me of Stephen Pressfield's thing. is like, when you move on, you know, new things will appear. New friends will come out of the work. But, you know, 
possession consciousness of people, prosperous possession consciousness of people involves, you know, um, closing that chapter. On to the reading. On this day, I will be aware of my attempts at self-sabotage because I believe in the promise of the growth ahead of me. I will use my lifeline, the support system that ACA gives me. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to love myself and to feel my feelings and to listen for when the time is right to do something.